And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. So, welcome back. And our guest today is somebody uh, I've wanted to get on here for a long time. He's been been communicating with me. We've been talking for, I don't know, probably six, seven years, but not long after we... Not long after we started publishing the magazine, it's Mark Gilvey. He's from uh, Northern Virginia, not too far away from me. In fact, after all these years, I finally met him in person for the first time, like two weeks ago. So, Mark, uh, Mark, welcome. And it was nice hey. to meet you in person. So, hey, it was, wasn't it? It was great. It was fun. Yeah, finally yeah, it was fun. The name. <laughs> yeah, I, I was asked to judge a uh, competition. It was a pretty cool competition um, that was in Fredericksburg, Virginia, where it was a shootout. And for the same three-hour period, everybody had to go out, get their best photos, submit them to, um, you know, submit them to the judges. There were three judges there. I was one of them. And uh, we chose the winners. Matter of fact, they were just in the, in the October issue of the magazine. And if you want to see those. And Mark was the winner. Yay. Yay, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, was I never would have thought I would have won a street photography contest. I really I just <laughs> thought, I just think it's so difficult. It's such a difficult genre, you know. So. It's extremely difficult, especially to pull off in three hours. Mm, yeah. I mean, you can go three months without getting a decent photograph and and there were a lot of good ones. There were in a, in a, a, a three-hour period. So uh, I gotta say, nothing, nothing like pressure. <laughs> yep, there certainly was with that. Yeah, no pressure, no pressure. And uh, well, we'll get into that in a little bit later. So, so Mark, uh, I guess before we dive into things, why don't you just tell us a little bit of your background and uh, and uh, how you got interested in street photography? Okay. Um, well. Uh, Photography in general started when I was uh, a teenager. Um, my dad, I got interested in watching auto auto racing, um, sports car racing, and uh, my because I saw the movie Le Mans one night during the late late show in the seventies in my when we lived in Miami, and. Uh, my dad said, hey, we could join the Sports Car Club of America and we could go to Palm Beach International Raceway. So we did all that. And then I wanted to start taking photos of it. And I went from a 110 to a 126. I even had a fold-out camera. I forget what the model was that I used once or twice and just decided they weren't cutting it. So I invested in a Minolta system at that time and haven't been able to save a dime since. <laughs> <laughs> Um, later, um, I went to, uh, photography school in Pittsburgh at the Art Institute of Pittsburgh for two years and still had my Minolta system had grown, um, and learned a, a great deal there. That was, that was really good for me. I thought, um, after graduation, I sold that system and went into a Nikon system. And, um, about that time I, I, I got an internship at a newspaper in Potsdam, Pennsylvania called the Mercury. And one day I got a phone call from my uh, job advisor from the Art Institute. Uh, this was about a year, almost a year later. And they said, hey, this position opened up in Northern Virginia for somebody who wants a, 
somebody to shoot special effects and so forth. Because while I was at the school, I did uh, I learned how to make multi-image presentations. That was slideshows, basically multi-projector slideshows. And I really wanted to. I was like like a lot of people. I was influenced by Star Wars, and I wanted to learn how to do photo optical special effects. Um, this is Photoshop before Photoshop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, this is how we did Photoshop on film. And um, so I, I, uh, I got the job in uh, Virginia and sometime around then I started getting interested in street work. I had, I had done some with one of my professors. He took me around. We'd go out and just shoot uh, when I was in Pittsburgh, which was a lot of fun. And it stuck with me. So I, I got a little Olympus uh, XA, I think it was, or XA2, which is the size of a pack of cigarettes. And I went out and started doing some with that. But because it wasn't completely manual control, I didn't really do a whole lot with it. So I just shot with my 35 and, and, uh, uh, and you know, went on with that. Later, uh, I got work at um let's see they went out i went into a pre-press and became a scanner operator and a lead photo retoucher at a at a design firm in dc and um they grew and grew and grew and then uh September 11th happened (laughs) and everything changed. Um, All the, uh, all the big companies started uh, uh, letting go their contractors who were in the creative industry. So um, that took a big hit and it was a 400 in person ad agency at that point. And uh, we took a big hit there and I ended up getting in, going into web design and then ended up going to a, uh, a, a government, contractor and uh, all this time i was still doing photography uh the government contractor i got that job because of a photo i did of their building um while i was working for the web design firm <laughs> i shot the building early in the morning um and they loved it and i i got to interview with them at one point and they liked me and i became a graphic designer for them and then left there and i started my own studio after that so that's where i've been i that was the only thing i hadn't done was uh do my own my own my own gig so i had to try it and um i uh i've been doing that since 2015 and nobody has laid me off yet (laughs) 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 yes exactly i've come real close to having to close the business in the last couple months but um, putting a good word out into the universe, and I'm just saying, come on, let's. You you want me around for some reason, so I'm still here. Um, but um, street photography grew even more when uh, my wife and I were married in uh, 1989, and I'd go visit her family on the island of Corsica. Once a year, approximately, she was a uh, she works for uh, Air France, and um, so um, I started shooting there. And every year, that's that's kind of like my my play week where I get to shoot hmm. street. I don't do a whole lot around here, uh, not as much as I'd like, but 
that when I go there, I really try to focus on it. And uh, eventually, I, d- I didn't decide. Eventually, my wife decided for me that I brought too much camera care. Yeah. <laughs> so I ended up uh, um, looking into something really small uh, that was digital, had good megapixels and good sharpness. And I ended up with the uh, Sony um, RX100 series camera. I started with an RX3 and uh, I'm waiting <laughs> to get another one since this one has fallen apart so much <laughs> because of abuse, dropping it and squashing it and other things. Yeah. you. It's funny because you wrote an article for our magazine about that camera when you bought it and it was like years ago, like five, yeah. six years ago. Yeah. It was pristine back then. And I was and I, the article I followed it up with, with how to do it, how to process your images on a tablet, um, that came out just as a project for fun. I didn't, I have a laptop. There's no point in me using the tablet to mm-hmm. edit my stuff on. So uh, I did that, and I haven't updated that one yet, and I could, but um, yeah, a lot has changed since then. Yeah, that stuff, that changes a lot. Yeah, just using the tablet. <laughs> I go back and forth. Sometimes I only take that on trips, and then sometimes I take the laptop because I get tired of monkeying, monkeying with the tablet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we, we got to back up a bit. I didn't realize you're from Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, Yins are from yeah. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, we I used to work, uh, go to school downtown. <laughs> downtown. I grew downtown. up near Pittsburgh. Okay. <laughs> we used to go to Forbes Field to watch the Pirates. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't yeah, know that. I was, I was there just for for two years. I'm originally from Pottstown, um, but oh, yeah, wow. I, I love I loved uh, Pittsburgh. That was a a neat town. It hey, really was. That's a great town for street photography. Yeah. Very, yeah. Uh, you know, the bridges and uh, mm-hmm. tunnels and inclines. Yeah, I, I like Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, a, but nobody else wants there. nobody else cares about that. <laughs> Except for maybe Randall who lives near there, who shoots there all the time. <laughs> so um yeah, so it's interesting. You said you, you do graphic design. Um, you know, how does that affect your photography? Or how does photography affect your graphic design or right. I got into the graphic design part um many years ago because um, I would see photos that were obviously art directed and there's usually a graphic designer behind that. And what graphic design brings into your photos is how to work with the elements that are in your image, very strong and compositional, um, uh, skill for that. Um, rather than the moment. So anything that's that's planned um, uh, or within reason, if I if I pull a, the lens up to my up to my eye, I'm usually being very deliberate about what I'm going to do, and I try to compose it, and I look at the elements that are in it, and the relationships of things that are front to back left to right and all that. And I think the graphic background helps 
with that. It's um, it's sort of like uh, I have a I have a saying, um, you know, that uh, they they say to uh, you want to shoot during golden hour and you know morning or evening. Well, what do you do for the rest of the day? Well, you do street photography for the rest of the day. <laughs> You're <laughs> you in the crappy light. That's right. Right. You, you can do it at any time. But see, the thing is, is that there's still a lot of graphical elements that help add power and impact to your to your photograph. So I felt that understanding graphics uh, and and being able to balance elements on a page would help that. So for the average photographer who doesn't have the time to learn graphic design, what can, what can they do to make better compositions, particularly in the street? Right. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I have uh, two different ways of shooting in the street uh, from the hip, where I have absolutely no control other than trying to keep my, my, my camera level, which never happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then anytime I pull it up to my eye. And um, the thing to look for, and uh, I, I have to sort of augment this, um, I, I'm also a member of the Professional Photographers of America. And uh, the group I was part of here in Woodbridge, Virginia, um, we used to have competitions. And uh, one of the things I learned was what they look, for, what the judges look for, in uh, to have a merit image. Let's not just not even a winner, just a merit image. That's uh-huh. the goal. It's just getting a merit image. And they on the PPA website, you can Google twelve elements of a uh, merit image. And I got to know a guy who is a friend of my a friend of my friends who lives down in Turks and Caicos and he broke it down to 3 which is lighting composition and impact if you get all 3 not two of those but if you get all 3 you're going to have a really really good image that in their competitions would probably merit would most likely merit However, in street photography, you don't have to have all three of those. Mm-hmm. You, you're, you're, um, your composition can be off. Your lighting can be off. But if you capture the right moment, that impact is what really pushes things. So that's, that's what I try to look for uh, in street photos versus documentary photos. Um, and those, those two seem to overlap a lot. Um, so I, I like to keep them separate. <laughs> the document, the documentary photos, um, you know, that they show what's happening now, but it doesn't bring anything else to me. It, 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 it may capture beautiful light on a building or, or a neat shadow of somebody or people interacting in some kind of an activity that is a document of that particular time, that particular year. This is what it looked like back then. That's fine, and if that's what you like, that's great. But for uh, but the, if you keep the three things I mentioned in mind, you may find that your images will improve more. So I'm not going to get into the rule of thirds and all that stuff because sure. there's plenty of trainers out there who do all that. But lighting, composition, and impact. And while you don't have to have all three of those for street photography, 
um, if you do have all three of those, then uh, that's good. So you just ask yourself, you know, do I have all three of these elements in my camera? Sometimes with street, there's not always the time to do that. But mm -hmm. if you're deliberately going at, oh, I want to shoot this landscape. Well, does it have those three elements? Are you missing any of them? I'm shooting in at noon of this <laughs> landscape. Uh, you're later. missing one. Lighting. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, so uh, lighting, composition, and impact. So those are, that, that's, a, that's a good guide, I think. So impact. That's the one that's... That's the hard one. That's the subjective one. How do, how do you... How do you how know do you him? Especially you. I mean, the photographer themselves, they may have felt really strongly about what happened. You know, they might have been really right. uh, emotional about the moment or whatever. Right. And, you know, they may think this, this photo's got impact, but when somebody right. else looks at, at it, maybe it doesn't. Right, yeah. right. Well, the look at, you have to look at lots and lots of photos and start to really analyze which ones you like and which ones you don't. What do they all have in common? Um, and what looks like it's a level above what you're doing. And chances are something that has impact is going to be harder to get. And the, the only way you recognize that is we've all seen photojournalism, you know, the, the, the pictures of people yelling and carrying on and whatever. And, uh, they're impactful. Why? Because there's a person in it. They're emotionally connected, involved with it. Something happened. So that's kind of what you have to look for, for impact. It's usually if, if you have a person in it, they're, they're doing something that's out of the ordinary or, you know, or they're, they're, I'd, I'd say just out of the ordinary, something that you just don't expect. Um, so how do you add impact to, uh, a landscape? For example, I like, you know, if you like to shoot buildings, uh, some people are bundling that into street photography, which I kind of disagree with, but just to talk about it, what makes the photo of a building impactful? Well, look at photos that are taken during the day, like when you were there, or look at photos that are taken towards golden hour. Look at how much impact the color has and, and straight lines and uh, maybe some blurry people going into it. That adds the impact of it. So that's kind of where you need to go with this. It's just to figure out, ask yourself, what, what's impactful about what I'm looking at? What could, what could, and not every picture is going to be that way. No. Hardly any of them are going to be that way. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a game of planting seeds. and. And they don't all, lots of them die, <laughs> you <That's> know, <laughs> and the, the way you fertilize them is after you get them back to your, com your computer, then you start to work the image. I, I'm, I'm, I don't, I, that competition was the first time I ever gave anybody a photo straight out of the camera. Absolutely no, no changes at all ever <laughs> that was so, a challenge that was definitely a challenge so um, but yeah, yeah i i um i i have an article on my on my um on my blog that talks about that specific image and what i would have done to it in post 
and uh, just to compare the two. Which one do you want to have hanging on your wall if your wife lets you hang it on the wall? <laughs> Generally not. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, I, I, a friend of mine purchased um, a, uh, a like a mono because he says he wanted to, um, mm-hmm. he wanted to spend less time on the post and then go straight to the black and white and so forth. But I'm, you know, found after, that wasn't the case. <laughs> a, after 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 working with color for so long, I learned that I can control color in black and white the amount of density it has, mm-hmm. sure. and you can have things that you know uh, a, a person is wearing a red shirt and or uh, or a dark blue shirt, and there's a red background behind them, and in black and white they look dark gray, both of them. But I can push those controls in uh, Lightroom so that there's a differentiation between the two. Sure. Now I can see the figure shape more and you lose that. So that's why the, that's, that's one of the things that I do um, in my processing is try to give good separation between what you're trying to tell and the rest of the stuff around it. Didn't get to do that this time. <laughs> yeah. You're, yeah. And your, your friend with friend with the Leica monochrome probably. Soon realize there's still a lot of work to be done. <laughs> Those files come uh-huh. out really flat and really gray, uh-huh. and take they take they take work to get them to get them looking the way you want. Yeah, he, he's he's really good. Also, I like yeah. I liked his stuff a lot. I met him at uh, at the Prince William County Fairgrounds. He was taking a photo of some kids or something. He he likes to shoot Americana. He's from uh, Germany, hmm. and um, uh, his work is really good. Uh, I haven't spoken to him for a while, but yeah, we went out periodically in DC to some events. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'd like to take a quick break to thank the Street Photography Magazine subscribers for your support. We couldn't do this without you. You may have noticed that we don't sell advertising or sponsorships in the podcast or inside Street Photography Magazine itself. And that's because we want to be completely objective about the work we publish and the services and gear that we cover. Our only constituent is you, our listeners and readers. So if you like what we're doing, you can support the show by subscribing to Street Photography Magazine. It's only $5 per month, and you can do it by visiting streetphotographymagazine.com slash subscribe. And now back to the show. So what do you... uh? You know, aside from your Sony, what are you shooting with? I have Nikon D810s. I have two oh. of them in my studio. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't bring them with me when I go on vacation. Yeah. Because if I drop one, that's my livelihood. Lock <laughs> it's it up so alone. Hard, hard to re- re- replace it. Uh, so, yeah, that's a full, a full complement of lenses um, for those and studio strobes and I shoot product, a lot of product photography and, uh, uh, let's see what else I do. Some architecture. I shoot food for Prince William living magazine. It's, and, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a different world when you're a professional. My neighbor's a um, architectural photographer does very, very high end work in this mm-hmm. part of the country. And she had me be an assistant once she photographed the university of Virginia uh president's house they've remodeled it spent millions of dollars 
they hired her to come in and shoot it, and I helped her. It, completely different world. Oh yeah, she doesn't even look to the viewfinder. She uses her iPad. Everything's tethered. It's, it's really oh, cool. Right. It was very, very yeah. cool. I learned a lot. So she's so patient. Yeah, yeah. I have none. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta have the patience of a saint. I think. Yeah, you do. Even to even to run your own photography business, you have to have the patience. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So um, you talk about impact. Uh, you could you can think about this as we talk, and if you don't want to, don't have an answer. That's okay. But what what's the most impactful photo would comes to mind that you've seen, no matter who did it? Um, uh, it still stands stands out, and it's it's the shot. I'm going to get the photographer wrong. I know it. W. That's Eugene okay. Smith, uh, Vietnam War with the the guy who had the gun pointed at his head. Mm-hmm. That one just has always followed me around in my head. Yeah, you can't unsee that one. That's funny. yeah, right. Yeah, because when you said impact, two of them came to mind. That fo- that photo and the one with the little girl running down the road. Her oh, clothes yes. were burned off. Right. Yes, and that she was one too. burned by napalm. Right. Yeah, Same. that one. You know, we grew up with those with those images right. on TV yeah. at night, and yeah, yeah, I, that, definitely. Yes, that's so very powerful. Um, but that brings something to mind, and that is, as a street photographer, you also have to decide what do you want to shoot, because. Street photography is bundles all different kinds of photography into it, mm-hmm. and it becomes a confusing mishmash, in my opinion. And people just associate all these with street photography, and you shouldn't, because I, I think you know if you're shooting buildings and you want something really cool and impactful, you're really working on architecture. You know, you're not working on street. Mm-hmm. If you want to shoot a photo like that that we just mentioned. That's photojournalism. Mm-hmm. Do you really want that hanging up in your house somewhere? No. no. <laughs> so stay away from fire, from ambulances <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and scenes like that, you know? Um, then when you're photographing a parade, for example, people like to go to those and shoot there. When you're photographing the parade, you're photographing something that is time sensitive. That's photojournalism. When you're photographing the people watching the parade, now you're photographing street. Mm-hmm. Turn around. You know? Yeah, turn, turn around, around in the other direction. The crowd. So ask yourself, you know, and, and you'll figure out what types of things you like, and that'll kind of tell you um, what you lean towards. Yeah, what, what attracts you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, impact. That's, that's, a, that's a big one. Um, and, um, for, for the image that I, I won with, I think impact was probably the big thing on that because the lighting was flat, you know, I didn't have much control of my composition in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I walked past them with my camera down at the side and the lens pointing them bop, 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 as it went by. And I picked out the one that, that was the right moment. <laughs> I yeah, especially, 
Yes. But that's why you couldn't manipulate later on, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, that must have been uncomfortable. Uh, What I was judging it, I thought, yeah, this is this is really a tough assignment. You know, you have to pull them right out of the camera and submit them. Yeah. And you know, I don't have anything right out of the camera. I think looks looks that good. So. (laughs) Yeah. Um. It's that little camera lets me get closer Mm -hmm. to people, and it's. I can get so close that people might think I'm taking a picture, but if I'm not looking at them, they don't think I'm doing anything because they can't hear the shutter. Well, so I, I like that because I like being able to get closer into folks, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And you know, the nice thing about a small camera like that is you look like a tourist. Right. Nobody pays attention <laughs> to tourists. They're exactly. clicking away all the time. Yep. Yep. You know, so, if you had yeah, your D810 with the big lens on it, pop, 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 pop. who's that guy? <laughs> exactly. What, what's he doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I do sometimes um, worry about who I photograph, particularly when I'm in, uh, when I'm visiting my family in Corsica, mm-hmm. um, because there is mafia still. Oh, so, and, uh, you know, <laughs> I just have no idea who, so I have no. no idea who I've captured, you know? Well, doesn't, aren't there different rules in France about shooting, shooting people in I, public? I believe so, but I've never read any you of them. Yeah. I, I don't want to know. <laughs> you, you get on the plane and go home and don't worry yeah. about it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just, I, I just don't want to know. And. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking like a tourist, I guess. <laughs> so the rules don't apply to me. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, if you <laughs> look like not. a train killer, you catch everybody's attention. Yep. <laughs> if you're just another guy on the street with a point-and-shoot camera or your phone, mm-hmm. they don't pay attention. Yeah. Most of my, the time. My wife, um, this is another series I'm working on. Um, uh one year, it was 2015, I think, my wife says, hey, I got, I got um, sort of an award from my employer. They, they said they, you know, I had such great attendance and all that that they wanted to send me to, um, to uh, Amsterdam. Wanted Ooh. to send her to Amsterdam so she could see how uh, KLM, who's a, a kosher company with Air France, how they work and how they operate. And um, so she says, I have to go to Paris um, for a meeting there. And then I'm going to go to Amsterdam and I'm going to go back to Paris. And I thought I'd go visit my mom in Corsica while I was there. Do you want to come? No, (laughs) no way. Yeah. (laughs) So it was, I I said, yeah, (laughs) of course (laughs) I want to come. I go, uh, and I, I felt like I really couldn't do it or shouldn't do it because of, you know, financial stuff. But I said, I have to do it, mm-hmm. period. I just have to do it. So it was the week before, uh, two weeks before, a week before, and uh, my son's birthday had come up. I oh, know this was after. This was in the, after 
after January, February or March or something. Uh, yeah, because it was spring, March or April. Anyway, um, we uh, we decided to take him to Manhattan for a weekend. Hmm. So we did Manhattan. Then Monday we flew to Paris. She was in her meeting. I had I took a metro into Paris mm-hmm. and walked around there all day, and then um, we got on a plane, went to Amsterdam. Oh my God! You have no idea how many Teslas that the cabs have there. All the <laughs> cab companies, all Teslas. That's it. You're kidding? Uh, no, I'm not. Um, we were there for a day, and then I, I ran around there while she was doing her thing, and then we did some stuff together. And then back to Paris, and then we flew to Corsica. So I started working on back then a four-city tour of street photography, and oh. I wanted to either release it as separate entities or as one big thing. Uh, but that sort of stopped, and um, and uh, I started another book. Which uh, which you helped me write the the intro for, <laughs> um, Pee Wee's Garage, um, and uh, that one kind of stopped years ago. Um, that's a story in itself. Um, so now I started working on. Uh, you know how everybody who who wants to publish a book, they always want to do their first one as absolutely best they can. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have taken that to the extremes um, because I've written content for a number of books already and I've put them together, but I've never had any of them published because I just want to make sure I do it right. So I came up re- in the last year or so, I started writing a, a book. I'm publishing it sort of in magazine form because it's cheaper. Um, it'll be. I don't know, 12 bucks or 15 bucks versus 50 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. um, on how to prepare your files and so forth for blurb um, for photographers. And in it, I talk about, um, I talk about max ink density, white point, uh, sharpening, uh, color toning, because people like to do black and white. Well, did you know that you can tone your black and whites and it helps add a little more impact Hmm. on occasion depends, you know, it really depends. You can do them cool tone, which has one effect, or you can do them warm tone, which has another effect. Anyway, I've been working on that. Um, so, um, that is nearly complete. And after that goes, the train is following through with all this other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. I really like the Pee Wee Garage. Pee Wee's Garage. Yeah. Um, that uh, that was uh, interesting. My uh, my neighbor across the street. I used to sit and talk with him out in his front yard. He'd be sitting under his apple tree with his can of Budweiser and his pack of cigarettes that he would <laughs> smoke like a chimney. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd go sit down with him and we'd talk and, uh, he passed away. And, um, after I visited his wife, uh, I noticed the light was on in his garage. He was, uh, he was a mechanic and, uh, he did some work on, 
I don't remember whose, but it was a NASCAR race car. He's done iron work in DC and all those kind of things. Anyway, his garage was like his thumbprint. You know, it was, it said him all over it. So I had to ask her to let me photograph it. Um, so uh, it's, it's a nice series. And uh, it is nice very nice. So very nice. I, after seeing it, I've been drawn to photographing tools on oh. walls. As a matter of fact, a few weeks ago, we have a, a house that a local developer bought about the land. There's an old farmhouse. Right. The guy had died. Right. And it's just sitting there waiting for him to tear it down and put in a new development. I went in and did a tool shed. Uh-huh. There's all these old tools hanging on the wall. And there's these spaces where the guy had tools and he had like outlines of them, but the tools weren't there anymore. And oh, right. I went and I right. shot it like crazy. I submitted one to Leica and it, they chose uh-huh. it as a, as, as oh, one good. of their master Excellent. shots. I go, wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I got anyway, it. I'm sorry to get off the track. idea from, from uh, Brooks Jensen of Lenswork magazine. Yeah. Um, he's got uh, a, uh, I subscribe to his, extended uh, book mm-hmm. and it gives you access to all his content on the back end and just a plethora of image of image information and composition anything he did a series like that and that's kind of where i got it from too so that was right for the picking now let me ask you a question okay you're ta- you're talking about blurb <laughs> and um if you were going to print you want to make a small blurb book with your photos from a trip or whatever. I mean, what what size images do you need to, to print? I mean, you need like two thousand pixels, four thousand pixels. Um, well, you need to ev- everything you do for print needs to three, be at three hundred DPI. Yeah, three yeah or three hundred PPI. If you want to look at it that way, it's pretty much the same thing in my point of view. Um, so if your image is going on a page that's a eight by 10 and it's going to be a four by six, um, and you have a camera that shoots 50 megapixels, um, you only need to submit it at that size or greater. And, and, and then have the actual it size fit of the page. into the size, yeah. into the size that you want it. So you don't, um, I, I can't tell you what the exact measurement of okay. this are and I, I probably should be able to but um the that gets into resolution and mm-hmm. um just remember that it's it's how how's a photographic way of thinking of this i'm thinking of like film grain you know iso mm-hmm. 25 remember that mm-hmm. versus iso 1600 <laughs> film um uh resolution kind of works that way um and especially when you get into print publication um, if you if your original image at 300 dpi is bigger than the page, then when you place it into your 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 page layout, if you're doing a page layout program, mm-hmm. um, it it'll be fine, you know. Uh, but if your image is too small and you scale it up, that's where the bad news comes. Now mm-hmm. there's software out there from Topaz that allows mm-hmm. you to enlarge thing and it does a marvelous job for some stuff. Um, but you have to play with it and, 
and look at it and decide if you like it or not. And then ultimately, you have to have this stuff printed to really understand and see. Once you step into the world of print, you really are refining your photographic technique at mm-hmm. that point. Because until you do that, until you get learn how limited you are on um, colors that can print and can't print and where your black is starting to clip and where your white points are blown out. Once you have an understanding of how to control those things, it, it just adds so much more to your, your arsenal of, of photography. Different so, world. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's, uh, um, it, and for me, uh, photography doesn't start, when you take the picture, it doesn't end until you get it on the wall or in publication. And then I guess you could still, still say until somebody sees it and buys it. <laughs> <laughs> or at least sees it. <laughs> yeah, or at least sees it. We, we want to at least get that, get those so, uh, eyeballs. So a, a photo that you've got that's only 72 DPI, that's not going to work in print, I take it. It, it, it will if it's 10,000 pixels. Oh, okay. Okay, um, it, it, because uh, the way resolution works, if you if you open it up, say in Photoshop, for example, um, and you have you adjust the DPI or PPI, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that, to three hundred, it's still going to be ten thousand pixels, mm-hmm. but the inch measurements are going to change because it's taking that same data. And squeezing it, not even squeezing, it's just rearranging it down to uh, a, a different size using the same data. Mm-hmm. It, you know, so yeah, if you have a big image, you, it's like the screen capture you take off, off your monitor, mm-hmm. that will print fine at a specific size at 300 dpi. So you just have to open it up, open up the, the image information and uh, make sure that. Um, when, if you change the D, the DPI on it or PPI, that the other numbers change also, and um, and then see what it says, what size it would be at in inches, because the 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 pixels was never going to change. If it's ten thousand pixels wide, it's ten thousand pixels wide. Period. Um, unless you rescale it, and re- what I'm saying here is just. Uh, a change of the data uh, where it's going versus throwing stuff out or adding stuff that's not there. <laughs> I hope that helps. It's yeah, a confusing yeah. topic. So if I get this right, so like a, a photo that's 10,000 pixels at 72 DPI is going to be X pixels at 300. Smaller. Right. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, exactly. So, um, here, let's just I'll do this, and I'm gonna I'm opening it up and opening one up in Photoshop right now, just to just to toy with this for a moment. So, I have a file open right now that's ten thousand pixels by eight thousand pixels at seventy two PPI. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, if I set that so that it does not resample. This image size, it's just going to rearrange the data. Right now, at 72 PPI or DPI, if you want, um, it says it's 138 inches wide. 
by 110 inches wide. That's at 72. Now, if I put it to 300, so it only rearranges that data, does not throw any away, and does not add anything, it brings it down to 33 inches by 26 inches. Still quite large. Right? <laughs> yes, that's about, that's about, um, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's about the megapixels of my camera, of my D810. So, yeah, it's like a 20, yeah, I think it does 24 by, no, it's 24 inches, so it's a little bigger. But, yeah, that's still 20, that's still big, but, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a large file. Yes, it is. But it, it, all it did is, and that could be scaled down to fit your page. So, um, it could be, in other words, if you exported it at this size, and placed it into a page layout program, um, it could be scaled down to fit into the box. And essentially, you're raising the resolution at that mm -hmm. point. So let's just say you had a book big enough for uh, a print that's 15 inches, you know, half of this. So it's going to change the, the DPI sort of changes to 600 DPI then because it's making it twice as small. Uh, the the dimensions, mm -hmm. the inch dimensions, but the, the dimensions in pixels hasn't changed any. Really confusing, but um, that's kind of the way it works. So um, if you're in Lightroom, and I didn't do my 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 book on Lightroom, I I assume that people are going to use a righteous program and uh, program for entering text into as well and there's all kinds of things you can do with text so i talk about um <clears throat> if you're using that kind of program then you're going to be wanting to place these images into boxes that you have of whatever size you want whether it be the same aspect ratio of the image or if you change the aspect ratio and just import the image into into that box then you scale it down and and um, as long as you're scaling it down, you're fine. <laughs> you know, if you have to scale a picture up after it gets placed in your, into your file, then you're going to be losing something. Oh. Do you, um, do you print a lot of your own work? I mean, just individual prints? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. um, and I haven't. I, I print things for, for customers um, because I do photo restoration also. Mm. And so I'll print things because my my paper and inks are uh, archival and um uh but i don't i haven't really printed much of anything for myself it's too so. busy yeah too busy helping <laughs> other people i get yeah, that well that, that that's always good when you can do that yeah but um since you know since the 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 stuff i really like which is endurance sports car racing and um uh and street photography my wife doesn't want to see any of those <laughs> on no. the walls <laughs> so nah you can <laughs> so put them that's on. why put them in your office find, yeah gotta find a, another way to to show them off and that's what i'm hoping the books will do so oh do you, do you still shoot uh car races I haven't been to uh, a race since 2006. I used when I live with my parents, we went every year to either uh, we started at Sebring for the 12 hours, and then we went to races in 
Watkins Glen, New York, when we moved to Pennsylvania. But I had always wanted to go see the 24 Hours of Le Mans. And mm-hmm. I had built it up in my head since 1977. And I finally got to go in uh, 1999 with press passes. Oh, really? I had, I had uh, moderated a chat room for a website. Um, I moderated it from Washington, D.C. Um, for a, a website. They were at the race uh, providing internet services and so forth. And the guy invited me back the following year to uh, shoot for them. So that oh, was that was awesome. Wonderful. And then I, I got to go back in 2000 with press credentials. And then in 2006, I went as a spectator with, with some people I met through another uh, website called Tips from the Top Floor. It's uh, mm-hmm. Chris Marquardt mm-hmm. from yeah. Tips from the Top Floor. I met through his, uh, his uh, forum board at the time so and hooked up with them. That was a great, great time. But, yeah, I haven't been back there, and I, I desperately want to go back again. It's Definitely. Yeah, Le Mans is just – it's one of those things that it becomes, it becomes a mistress. <laughs> I think, you know, it's, there's just, I can't explain why, why I just, I don't care about much of any other race. You know, I see a, a, an entire year's worth of racing in one weekend there, <laughs> you know, is that, um, is that where Ford versus Ferrari took place? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's an, it's an exciting event. Definitely. Yeah, I'd love to see something like that. I did go to the Indianapolis 500 once. I was five years old. My mom was from Indiana. My grandfather took me there. I didn't know what was going on, obviously, at five years old. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. But yeah, those are are the crowning ones. Indianapolis, um, Le Mans, and uh, Monaco, the Monaco Grand Prix. The the top three races. Yeah, yeah. I want to go to NASCAR too. That looks that looks really exciting. Bring your earplugs. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't I, hear I, it anyway. <laughs> I had press I had press passes one year to go to Dover Downs and we were on the inside of it. So you're inside a bowl and I couldn't hear for a week. Oh really? You know, and yeah. I had been to I had been to concerts and everything else, but this is it's just deafening. That's what damaged my hearing bowl. was yeah. concerts is <laughs> As a younger person. <laughs> so, so Mark, I don't know. What else is going on with you? Um, let's see. Well, uh, yeah, there's, there's the book, but we kind of hit on that. That's a cool thing. I've been, oh, yeah, I'm in the process of trying to start a store on my uh, MG Fine Art Photo website, my fine art website. Um, because one of the things I've been doing is photograph. I went to a couple of, uh, sports car events recently where I photographed Lamborghinis and, uh, this car you see on my shirt here is at the, uh, um, the Simone foundation in Philadelphia. Hmm. Um, this, uh, and I photographed the, their Porsche 917 they had there, uh, not for them, just, you know, like everybody else. Um, but. I've been wanting to produce either prints or t-shirts or something of just parts of the cars, you know, fragmented uh, photos of that. And I, I want to get this 
book thing going so I can <laughs> so I can start uh, doing something like that. Retirement's coming up, you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I hope I can uh, come up with something. Well, um, certainly not bored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, my wife says, you know, wh- when are you going to retire? I'm like, I'm never going to retire. <laughs> Don't you get it? I can't this retire. Is this is as retired yeah. as I'm going to get. Yeah, not exactly. Not only am I not going to retire because there's too much stuff to do in photography, but, you know, I can't retire. <laughs> I agree with you. So. Why don't you tell us where people can find you, see more of your work, learn more about you? Okay. Um, my, uh, I have two websites. Um, if you want to see my commercial work, um, and for those of you who like shooting architecture, or if you like shooting food, <laughs> I have both of those on this website. It's uh, M-G-C-R-E, the number eight. V as in Victor.com. It looks like MG Creative. Mm-hmm. That's clever. Um, yeah, that's uh, Mark Gilvey Creative. I'm in Woodbridge, uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, not Canada. <laughs> and um, then I have my my other site, which is the fine art stuff, which is where I'm putting my my street work and anything artsy fartsy on there. Is uh, MG Fine Art photo.com and uh, that's and mg fine art photo is also on my instagram and i don't do much on twitter but i it's the same on twitter um and i haven't been doing much on instagram actually lately either uh but yeah mg fine art photo or mg creative mgcre8v.com the, those are sort of the handles for the other ones as well yeah, and we'll put all links, put all those links in the show notes too. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm just trying to think if there's anything else. Um, oh, um, I do have one project that I I like to do, and uh, a yearly project because those are, you know. It, it, as you as you go through your 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 photos, you're going to start seeing things that you like to do, and you can make projects out of them. Mm-hmm. So I I like to shoot inside of shopping malls and stores and things like that. Um, and what I've been trying to do every year is photograph Potomac Mills after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. The 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 after dinner. Yeah, <laughs> on that's Thanksgiving. crazy. Day. Yeah, exactly. So um, I have had some of those. Uh, some of those are on on my fine art website, and some of them are up on Prince William Living on their website, princewilliamliving.com. But you have to dig for them uh, on their website. Um, but yeah, that, that's another series that I'm working on. It's good to to work on series and don't always think about just getting a one shot wonder you know, single shot, think about things in sequences. Mm-hmm. And that, then you have room for, uh, you start thinking like a, a, a movie director, uh, establishing shot, close-up shot, mm-hmm. impactful shot, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> graphic, graphical shot somehow, uh, you know, and you, you come up, up with sort yeah. of a punch list of images that you look for or, or things. And then 
figure out how to sequence them and that kind of thing. So yeah, that's cool. I remember you. Yeah, I remember you did one on Potomac Mills several years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think I may try and get out and do it again this year. Um, I, as I should actually because people are coming out of their homes now, so it's probably be a good year to do it. Yeah, definitely. Last year, probably not so much. Yeah, no, not so much. <laughs> so All right, I didn't shoot work. much during the pandemic. Um, the uh, um, I didn't shoot much during the pandemic at all because you know you can only take so many pictures of desolate locations. Um, for, for me, uh, I like the more impactful things. Of course, who says that a desolate parking lot isn't impactful? For example, on nine eleven, I photographed three ninety five, which absolutely had no cars on it. Really, <laughs> that must have been the last time that was impactful. Yes, <laughs> I drove past. I drove past the Pentagon when I came home. <laughs> that, that was still uh, smoking. Um, wow. But yeah, to come up with sequences and things like that. That helps you. Uh, and then you'll start doing books and things. Or, well, Mark, anyway. thanks. Appreciate okay. it. Sounds good. Thanks, Bob, for having me. It's been a, it's been a long time coming, and I'm really uh, glad to have had the chance to to meet you in person and <laughs> and uh, talk with you. Your thoughts about the show go a long way in helping us decide on the guests and the subjects that we include in each episode. So please take a few moments to write a review in Apple Podcasts or whatever service you use to stream your podcasts. It helps us know if we're on the right track, and it helps others to find and enjoy the show. The editor of Street Photography Magazine is Ashley Refo, and our audio engineer is Russell Boyd from WeBit Studios, found at webitstudios.co.uk. I'm Bob Patterson, and this is the Street Photography Magazine podcast, a service of Street Photography Magazine. Street Photography Magazine.